What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. Amen. I began sharing on the importance of maintaining and retaining your freedom in God. That it's one thing to receive salvation, receive deliverance, to be set free, but it's as vital, if not more vital, to retain and maintain and even sustain your deliverance and your freedom in God. And so today, I want to point us, and, and this is usually a little unorthodox for me in the style and in the way that I preach, and my preachers huddle know that we have a format, but I'm breaking out of that uh, today because I, there was something that, that I had to share that, that the Holy Spirit just really placed a highlight as I was reading the scripture and I began studying. And so I want us to already go there to the book of Matthew, so if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible app, you can look for the book of Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to be reading verse 43 through 44. This is powerful in terms of maintaining and retaining your deliverance in God. I have to give you a little context, Matthew chapter 12. This is Jesus. He was speaking to the religious folks of that day, and he was explaining to them that, that in the manner they were rejecting him, because they were expecting a Messiah that looked a little different than, than how Jesus appeared. They were expecting a political Messiah or Savior. They were expecting a king, if you will. But when they saw Jesus, they did not see the value in him or the, or the call over him or his true identity, so they treated him as common. They treated him as just anybody else, and they did not believe that he was the Messiah. So he gives, as he's speaking to them, uh, this powerful illustration of what it looks like when a person rejects uh, uh, when, uh, when a person rejects the message, the identity, and, and Jesus himself, when he is rejected, and, and he did not necessarily intend to get into this teaching of demonology, but it's a powerful message nonetheless that he teaches on principles when it comes to dealing with the demonic forces of the enemy. And so here we are in Matthew chapter 12 in verse, uh, in verse 43 through 44. It says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places. That that means dry places seeking rest and does not find it so when you've kicked out and served an eviction notice on those demons that once had you bound on the chains of the enemy that once had you bound on those forces that oppressed you that depressed you that possessed you when you kick them out those same spirits are constantly looking for a place to call home because demonic spirits cannot control or have an agenda or move forward with any plan or idea that they have unless they have a body, unless they have a home, unless they are a, a, in a person to influence them so that they can commit whatever it is, the agenda that the enemy has for them. So the enemy is seeking rest, does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house that I left. What is the house? It's a body. I will return to the house or the body or the person that I left, and when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Now, it's not a bad thing to sweep and put your house in order. It's not a bad thing to organize. 
But it's a very powerful truth that I wish the five that said they were going to help me, I hope that you catch it. Here it is. Here it is. See, the problem with retaining and maintaining your deliverance is that oftentimes people clean up on the outside. They attend church to check it off the box. When people ask them how you're doing, they say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. But it's not a true reflection of what's going on on the inside. So you can clean, thank you for the five, sweep and organize, but it's not enough. Look at the person beside you tell them it's not enough. It's not enough to just sweep, clean, and organize. Let's go to the other verse. Let's go to the other verse. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. In other words, if something more powerful is not occupying the house, that one spirit that you kicked out comes with seven more to try to invade and take over your space again. What is the house, Pastor? I'm still struggling with the house. The house is your mind. The house is your thoughts. The house is your emotions. The house is your body. The house is your person. So now I understand when a person has once served the Lord and they leave the church. And then you ever notice, maybe you have that testimony. I've seen it time after time. Now I understand why they once tasted the goodness of the Lord. They once tasted the favor and the blessing of God, but you see them now and they stepped away. Why? Because they didn't occupy the house, so seven more came to try to wreak havoc. It blows my mind, but the, but the scripture lets us know why. When you see people that used to be ministers, used to be on fire for God, but on the outside, it was that they cleaned up and put it together. But it, on the inside, they needed to place something to occupy the house. So that when that one spirit that you kicked out came with seven more and they looked this to see if they can invade your space, your thoughts, your will, your emotions again, something more powerful to tell them you got no place up in here. Your eviction notice is already served. You can't return to this house. You can't return to this mind. You can't return to this body. So I want to help somebody today because maybe you're struggling. Why am I struggling? I used to be on fire for God, and here it is. The Lord is letting you know it's because you swept and you clean, but you needed to fill the house. So today, for a few moments that I have, I want to speak to you about filling the house. Look at the person beside you and tell them, fill the house. You got to fill the house. You can't just sweep it. You can't just clean it, but you got to fill the house. What do you fill the house with? I know this may seem like a duh statement. You ever heard somebody just give you a duh statement? I know it may seem like it, but I promise you I'm going to break it down. You've got to fill the house with Jesus. Duh, pastor. <laughs> you tell us that week after week. But more specifically than Jesus, his character. And what is his character? It's purity and power. Purity and power not one over the other because you can have people that are pure in Christ but they have no power you can have people with power but they're not pure 
So you fill the house, your body, your thoughts, your mind, your will, your intellect with purity and power because that is the character of Jesus. The character of Jesus is what the enemy hates. The character of Jesus is what the enemy fights and rebels against. That is what the enemy hates when a person lives pure. Because when a person is pure, the enemy has no hold on their life. When a person is pure, not perfect, but says, God, for you, I'm going to live my decisions. I'm going to base them on your word. I'm striving to live for you. I may fail sometimes, but the righteous man falleth down and the righteous person gets back up. I may not be there yet, but I'm striving to live for God. I'm striving to live a pure life. When a person is pure, the enemy hates that because he has no hold over your life. A person with power. That Greek word for power is dynamite, meaning that when you walk into a place, the enemy got to tremble knowing that you're in the place now. When you walk into your demon-filled uh, uh, job or office, when you walk into the, into the marketplace and, and when you go into the grocery store, and even if you got some demons up in your house, praise the Lord, when you walk into that place, know that you've got some power that goes along with you, baby. <laughs> You're not just anybody. You're not just anybody walking in the places that you walk into, having conversations with the people that you, you know that you have power. Life and death is in your tongue. You know that you have power to shift atmospheres, that when people are depressed, you come in with power and you begin to shift some things in that atmosphere. I wish I had somebody in this place. Purity and power. I'm getting so excited, I feel like my hair is coming undone. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's how I know I'm preaching good. Don't mind me. <laughs> Purity and power. Those are very important notes because when you have power, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, that results in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you abide in the power of God, you give free access for Him to fill you with the gifts of the Spirit. When you live in purity, it results in you living in the fruit of the Spirit. So you have the gifts that He fills your house with, and then you have the fruit that He fills your house with now. Purity and power. So the first thing I want to touch on today if you will allow me, the first thing is that you've got to fill the house with the Spirit's power. Someone shout power. Shout power like you got some power. Look at the person beside you and tell them, I got the power. 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 Look at what the scripture says in Acts chapter 2. Let's throw that on the screen. Look at what it says. Here it is. Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 he says you will receive power when my spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses so here we are in chapter 2 the fulfillment of what Jesus had told them it says when the day of Pentecost came they were all together in one place there's power when we come together 
Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. And what does it say? Uh, where are the five? I'm not hearing the five. What does it say? Filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In other words, as the Spirit gave them power. So when they received power, that is the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, the, 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 the manifestation, the filling of the Spirit, it resulted in the gift of the Spirit. In this context, it was glossolia, it was speaking in tongues, which is a heavenly tongue, but it was to be witnesses. But not only is it limited to tongues, but the Bible declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I hope that I can teach a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells us about the gifts of the Spirit. It talks about word of wisdom, it talks about word of knowledge, it talks about faith, it talks about gifts of healing, it talks about miracles, prophecy, discernment between spirits, it talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues. Can I tell you that a lot of churches are struggling because they have no power because they said that the gifts of the Spirit are the thing of the past and so we're struggling because we're filling the house with all types of nonsense but not power because power is what fills the house with the gifts of the Spirit I'm declaring and I have about I have about 10 to 12 leaders in this church that we have been fasting we have been praying we said God we not only want an awesome looking church when people go on our Instagram I, 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 I don't want to just be a fly pastor boy no substance I want to be a man of God that has power I want this church to be a church of power that we see miracles signs wonders healing and deliverance in fact I want to declare this while I got the mic that I declare this is a church of the power of God we still believe in miracles, signs and wonders, healing and deliverance. We're not only trendy, we not only look good, we're not only cool on Instagram, we're a church with substance that has power because what we need now is power. Power. We're believing because the scripture says that this is for the church. This is for the edification of the body. That's why God gives gifts to his people. That's why the Bible tells us that we should earnestly desire the gifts. I don't know if anybody's ever told you, but, but the Holy Spirit desires to fill your house with gifts. That's a good God we serve. He's such a good God that he has gifts at his disposal. Where do I find those gifts, Pastor? You're going to have to read Romans chapter 12. You're going to have to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You're going to have to read the whole thing because it tells us that we can earnestly desire gifts of the Spirit. So it is when you ask for the filling of the house, when you ask for that power, he comes and you ask for the gifts. He begins to fill that house and, 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 and it begins to become a tool. Let me tell you how it helps you. When you're filled with power, when you're filled with the gifts, you, you are empowered to overcome sin. That power, the Holy Spirit gives, gives it to you because I want to help somebody out. Even, even if you've been a believer for 20 years, you're not exempt from temptation, baby. Even if you've been safe, sanctified, fast all your life, 
That does not make you exempt from temptation. How do I know that? Jesus himself was tempted, and that was Jesus. What makes you think you won't be tempted? So the temptation is not the sin. It's what you do in the middle of temptation and how you respond to it. So when you are filled with power, that power indwells your thoughts, your mind, your will, your intellect, that when the temptation comes, you say, no, baby, I'm closing that door. I shut the window. I press decline. No, I'm not going there. Now I can't spend time with you. It's no shade. It's no disrespect. I still love you. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you, but I can't give in because I need to stay strong. I need to stand firm. I need to stand on the convictions that I have in Jesus. I'm preaching my hair loose now in this place. I've got to stand firm. So when you ask for the filling, there's power. Power gives you gifts. It enables you. It gives you power to overcome sin. That same power gives you boldness to be a witness. He says, you will be my witnesses when you receive power. That is the filling of the Holy Spirit. You will be my witness. What does that mean? That when you ask God to fill your house, you become a witness. You begin to testify that God is real. There's some people in this place, ooh, if I told y'all their stories. There's some people in this place that have testimonies that when their friends, co-workers, cousins, auntie and all them look at them, they're like, God has got to be real because what God has done in their life, they, they, God has turned their life around. See, that's a testimony. That's being a witness. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, something happens to you. So if you've been in church 15, 20 years and you're still doing the same things, you're still talking the same things, you're still hanging around the same people, you're still having the same thoughts as you used to. The Apostle Paul declared this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, I thought like a man. Things changed in my life. When you are a baby Christian, you are at one level. But it's time to upgrade, baby. So when you're filled with power, it enables you to overcome sin. It gives you power to be a witness. So some of us need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill our house with power. So that when others see our behavior, our conduct, our, our speech, the way that we interact, the way that we love, the way that we reach out, the way we have compassion, the way that we, uh, that we express gratitude, joy, and all of these wonderful things, they should know that there is something different about us, and it is the Holy Spirit that does that work. I'm teaching somebody in this place. I might enjoy this when I watch this back on YouTube. Praise the Lord. The second thing you've got to do is fill the house with the Spirit's fruit. If you're taking notes, write it down. You've got to fill your house with the Spirit's fruit, that is purity. Galatians chapter five, let's look at what the scripture says here. But the, I've taught on this, shameless plug, my Hope Center podcast, I did a whole series on this. So just go back to that for the full breakdown. Here it is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or that is patience, 
kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things, there is no law. You've got to, you've got to fill your house with the fruit of the Spirit. How does fruit get produced? It starts off as a and a seed, in order for a seed to grow, it has to be in the right environment. It has to be in the right surrounding. The ground has got to be fertile. I'm helping somebody in this place. You can be a phenomenal seed, but if the atmosphere, the environment is not conducive for it to flourish and grow, the seed will die. You can have all the best intentions in the world with people, relationships, places that you go, places you hang out with, the things that you do. You can have the best intentions, but if the atmosphere is not conducive, it is not, if it's not fertile ground, that seed of the word that is in you will not flourish and it will not grow. So a seed has to first be planted, it has to be watered. A sun has to hit at the right temperature. It has to be in the right environment to make sure that stones, thorns do not choke or kill the seed. So in order for fruit to bear, as we read in Galatians chapter 5, you've got to, here it is. Let me give you, how do I, how do I, how do I bear fruit? The Bible tells us, it's not on the screen, just listen to me. It says in John chapter 15, verse 4, Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear, here it is, can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You've got to be planted. You've got to be in the right environment. You've got to be with like-minded people that desire to live a pure life and a life filled with power. You've got to desire for that seed to be nourished and to grow. And you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to water that seed, to make that seed come to life. That vision he gave you, that calling he gave you, that ministry he gave you, that desire. You've got to ask, Holy Spirit, I don't, I don't want to pray, but give me a desire to pray. Give me, I, I'm struggling with reading the word, but Holy Spirit, give me a desire to be in the word. I'm struggling because I like to listen to all types of foolish and debauchery but give me ears that will want to listen to the word God I need help I don't know if I have anybody that will keep it real that had to pray those prayers before God I don't want to do it but give me a desire to go in church because God I'm tired and I don't want to go but, but help me strengthen me Holy Spirit so I can make it to the house because it's when you get planted in the house that that seed grows that that seed is nourished. When you're around the right person, I want to let you know the person beside you is the right person and you're there in the right environment to grow. Look at that person and just tell them, we're going to grow together. I don't know about you, but, but, but this seed is not going to die. I'm not going to let this seed die. I'm not going to let my relationship with God die. Is there anybody that will make that declaration and say, I'm not going to let my relationship with God die. I'm not going to let my prayer life die. I'm not going to let my seeking of the Lord 
or die. I'm not going to stop fasting. I'm not going to stop believing the word of God. Even when I don't feel it, when I don't see it, and when I don't want to. Holy Spirit, fill my house <laughs> with the fruit. He said, remain in me, I remain in you. Abide in me, I abide in you. Without me, you can't bear fruit. So you've got to stick to it. You've got to hold on to his mighty hand. You've got to stay planted. You've got to stand firm on the conviction in the word of God. Power and purity. When you remain in him and he remains in you, your house starts to get filled. I'm telling you, this is going to blow your mind. You start loving the people that you used to hate. <laughs> I know some of y'all still struggling with forgiveness on forgiveness. We're going to break those chains here in a few minutes. But, 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 but when, you, when you truly surrender and submit your God, you will begin to love people you used to hate. And you even wonder, you want to hate them. But it's not in you anymore. Baby, it wasn't you. It was the Holy Spirit that did something in your heart. All of a sudden, you start praying for that person that you dislike. All of a sudden, <laughs> you start experiencing joy. When you used to wake up all moody and upset. I know some of y'all still struggling with that. <laughs> Walking around like you just sucked on a lemon. I, I get you, baby. I understand. But when you abide in him and he abides in you, he will produce a joy that is unchangeable. He will put, my God, I feel this thing. He will produce a joy that is unshakable. He says, I give to you because the world can't take this away from you. I'm going to give you joy that the world can't take away. That's not based on circumstance. I'll give you joy that is unspeakable, that is unshakable, and that is unchangeable. That's the joy that he gives. He, the Bible declares, the joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> you will begin to experience joy when you say, Holy Spirit, fill my house. I need to bear fruit. I need to be planted. I need to remain. I need to abide. Do you know that the awesome benefit of that, you walk around with joy. You ever see those advertisements for pills and different things? And then they're telling you, uh, you know, to, that it helps you with this, but then at the, at the, at the end of it, it tells you the what? The side effects. And they, 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 they take it like, like all the way down so you can barely hear it. it, it this will help you with such as a The side effects are longer than the commercial, the advertisement in the beginning. Well, all the side effects. Can I tell you the side effect of, of remaining in Jesus? You will live a life of love. You will live a life of joy. You will live a life of peace. You will live a life of patience. You will live, I wish I had somebody that were excited to be saved. Thank God I'm saved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the side effects. That's, the, that's what it will produce. It will produce these things in you. And then it will also produce peace. The Bible declares in Philippians chapter 4 that he provides peace that surpasses all understanding. Meaning that he can give you such a peace that it will blow your mind. You're trying to figure out, how am I at peace in this situation? I'm talking about people are losing their minds. Are y'all doing all right in the back? Can I talk to y'all over there in the back? I'm talking about people are losing their minds, but in the midst of the storm, you just say, God got it. 
God's in control. He's my provider. He's my comforter. He's my counselor. God will make a way. I know I, it may seem like there is no way, but God's going to open a door. That's the peace that he gives. That surpasses all understanding. That's a part of the fruit that he gives. So when you say, Holy Spirit, fill my house, he will give you peace. That surpasses all understanding. My peace I give to you. That's why the Bible declares in Isaiah 53, the chastisement of our peace, meaning the, the payment for our peace was on him. So, so we're granted the fruit. We're granted the aspect of love, peace, and joy. Can I tell you, no pill will ever satisfy like the peace of God. I know this may not be popular for the time that we live in, but I want to declare this, and if you're watching online, I love you, but no high will ever compare to the peace of the Holy Spirit. No drink will compare to the, but I got bottles on deck, I'm sure you do, but it will never do with the peace of God that surpasses all under, no, no strain of weed will ever compare to the peace of God that surpasses, uh, no injection will ever surpass the peace of God that he gives. There's no high, nothing that will compare to the peace that he gives. Is there anybody that's experienced that kind of peace? Come on, can you give God a praise for about 10 seconds and say, God, thank you for that peace. Nothing compares to it. God, thank you for that peace. I appreciate it. I thank God for it. You've kept me in my right mind. See, people don't really preach this. <laughs> I don't know how Amanda you did you're supposed to come up here and give me a quick he's a barber that's why I said that he's a professional people don't preach on the power of the Holy Spirit that's why we're living in a time that people are suffering so much because if you never heard that Christ has power to break chains, you will never believe that he has power to break chains. If you never, ah, I want to release this. If you never believe that he can break chains, you will never see that he can break chains. But I still believe it. Even if I'm by myself, but I believe I got some people in here that believe it too. We still believe that he's able to do it. See, we don't have a standard of purity because we live in a time where it's live how you want. Do what you want to do. However you, if you feel it, it must be right. How many of you done things you felt like doing and you say, why in the world did I do that? We live in a, if you feel it, it must be right. We have a standard. It's power and it's purity. Not one over the other, they go hand in hand. So what do I wanna challenge you to do today? I want you to say, God, fill my house. If some of you have never uh, uh, experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your own life, if some of you never seen the fruit 
of the Holy Spirit in your own life, it's time to say, Holy Spirit, fill my house. Because it's when you fill the house that those, those spirits that you kicked out, they come back and they try again with the old tactics, mechanisms, manipulations, temptations. But because you're so full, it will have no hold on your heart. I want us to, to live in this way, and it is possible. Jesus said in John, and I'm closing with this, chapter 14, verse 30 to 31. Uh, I love this. He says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. I love what he says here. He has no hold over me. Wouldn't it be amazing if you can live your life saying, the enemy is tempting me, but he has no hold over me. I'm going through persecution, but the enemy has no hold over me. My, ah, my past is calling me, but it has no hold over me. That relationship had me before, but this has no hold over me. That addiction had me before, but now because I filled the house, it has no hold over me. That, that, that breakdown of my mind had me before. That thinking, that stronghold had me before. But because I filled the house, it has no hold over me. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at myhopecenter. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.